The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to episode 127 of Classic Loveline. This episode comes to us from March 25th, 1996. A Monday night show. Another no-guest episode, just the love between the hosts, Adam Kroll and Dr. Drew. This episode opens with a riff about Adam Kroll's history of junior college. Dr. Drew presents his wife Susan's theory about Adam secretly wanting to attend. And Adam reveals on multiple occasions getting $250 from his parents on the first day of junior college for registration and buying books. Adam references his multiple tests, the GAP, HAP, and LAP test, uh, the most recent being the lesbian aptitude test, as promised. He says he's going to be delivering it later in the evening. These tests were an early bit of Adam Kroll's on Loveline that he'd soon lose favor with and wouldn't come up again. I don't imagine they made it past 1997. It's going to be interesting to see how these things evolve. And as per usual, it's recorded in 1996. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician. Or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Modern Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. We are. He is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician, addiction medicine specialist. I'm Adam Carroll. I have no specific training. A couple of units at Valley College. Do you want to go to, to junior college? No. My wife insists that that's what all your ranting and raving about junior college is, that secret that you want to go. No, you know what? I, I, I've went off and on for years and never really got anything out of it. So you don't want to go? No. I, I can't be... I, I, I need supervision. You know what I mean? Like, I could attend college with a valet with a valet i need someone to follow me along push me into class sit down (laughs) pry my eyelids open force me to you know put like a tin horn to my ear force me to absorb knowledge then drag me home sit me down at a desk turn off the television force me to study i spend the whole day at the snack shack eating granola bars and you know cruising 18 year old co-eds nice The perfect student. <laughs> but the beauty is, is I would always borrow like 250 bucks from my folks to buy books on the first day, and then never crack one, uh, and then somehow never even sell them back to the bookstore. Uh, so it was always just a total bust. Let me give the phone God, numbers don't out let here. My sons grow up to be like. Adam. I'm street smart. Besides, with TV and cable the way it is today, Drew, I get all the education I need from the remote. There you go. One eight hundred L O V E one nine one one eight hundred five six eight thirty one ninety one. The fax number three one zero eight five four forty. 455 tonight as promised we will be doing the lat test the lesbian aptitude test i got some of the data in from my uh minions yes your statistical think tank my Mm -hmm. statistical think tank which happens to be uh in my bathrobe (laughs) there they all fit into my robe coincidentally enough in my in my apartment but we have the data back and i've computed the data and i've come up with what i think would be the definitive lesbian aptitude test now, uh, also, we've done the GAT, the gay aptitude. We've done the HAT, the heterosexual aptitude. Tonight will be the LAT. And then next week, I'm hoping to get to the BAT, which would be the bi aptitude se- uh, test. You still haven't... Wait, wait, wait. Now, wait. now what are we missing? You still haven't done the heterosexual female 
half. Right, right. You got to do that too. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm not that in touch with my feminine side. Indeed. I'm like, not really Anne that could... in touch with anyone's feminine side, to tell you the truth. Maybe Anne can come in with that. Anne? I'll help you. Anne will help me. All righty. Yeah, we'll make up a uh, we'll mug of warm one. Bosco, light a fire, and we'll sit down and really come up with something. Aren't you afraid she might, like, make a move on you? Oh, yeah, that's right. right. I'm going to need... Uh... Just, yeah, Drew, you might want to come along okay. just to watch. Well, maybe I'll invite the squire that was going to walk me through junior college. All right, Drew, you ready to get to the phones? Here you go. Here we go. Jennifer? Yeah. You're on Loveline. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, Adam. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Um, okay, the other night I came home, and... Um, the house was really quiet, and I assumed everybody was asleep, and I happened to walk in to our bed, me and my boyfriend's bedroom, we lived together, and I walked in on him watching a porno and masturbating. <laughs> Matt had to shave years off his life. <laughs> well, and I don't know, I mean, am I, like, doing something wrong, or is it, like, am I, like, not satisfying him or something? The only thing you did wrong, sweetie, was not knock. Well, I didn't think I was going to ever find anything like that. I mean, and let me, I, let, Jennifer, let me just give this message to all guys who sit around and masturbate and watch porno. Uh, when, when the person walks in and you're sitting there with the sweat on your brow, the uh, comforter pulled up over your head, and the TV making that loud fuzz noise, everyone knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to watch some snow for a while at about 30,000 decibels while you sweat profusely in your bed. Okay, well, here's the problem. Since then, he is, like, totally avoiding me. Okay, we live together, and it's kind of hard for us to live in the same house and not see each other. But since then, he, like, he doesn't talk to me. He's, like, mm -hmm. he stays with his friends all day, so he doesn't have to come home. And it's, like, he's really embarrassed about it, and I don't know how to talk to him about it. What am I supposed Jennifer, to Jennifer, let me give you an Animal Kingdom analogy. You know when the dog craps on the carpet? <laughs> yeah. And you smack it with the newspaper, and for the next few days, it kind of walks around his tail between his legs and avoids you and scurries out of the way. And when you come down the hall, that's what's going on. He's embarrassed. He knows he done wrong. Okay, but he should get over it, though, right? Well, he will if we talk sense into him. Okay. Shall we do that? Yeah. <laughs> now, is he there? Um, No, he's not. He's at work right now. Oh, he is? Yeah. Shall we call him at work? I don't know the number. <laughs> you don't know the number of your concubine's work? No, he just got a second job, and I don't, I don't know. I let him do whatever he does. It's I don't have the number. He he wouldn't uh, probably not hear the phone ring over the sound of the uh, Slurpee machine <laughs> in the background anyway. Oh, okay. Or the low drone of the deep fryer. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, I would leave him a note. I would. Do you know where the videotape is? No, it's gone. <laughs> what What do you do? Does he take it with him? Yeah. Because I have like a, an attachment on my belt. You know, guys carry like cell phones and they have like a little attachment, or some guys holster. carry like the Leatherman tool. A, a holster. Yeah. yeah, I'll keep a porn in the holster when I leave the house. <laughs> oh God. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would just leave him a note, put a little perfume on it, tell him, uh, tell him it's okay. That's all it has to say. It's all right. Okay. You're human. Okay. I forgive you. Okay. Okay? Thanks. Good luck. Bye. Yeah, that's rough. But uh, better than the folks walking in on it. Mm. Robin. Yes. You're on Loveline. Hi. I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yeah, Robin. Okay. I have my tongue pierced. Uh-huh. And I had heard, I was just wondering if this was true or not. I had heard that, because I smoke also, that I have like more than twice the chance of getting mouth cancer. If you smoke tobacco and you have your tongue pierced. Mm-hmm. 
I have never heard that. No. Uh, I, I mean, already you're at increased risk just being a tobacco user. Right. I don't know that the piercing adds risk. Do you? No, but I was just thinking. I mean, the only thing I could think of is if it's if there's an opening. Could yeah, but it, could it, you know, no, the cancerous, you know, smoke somehow infiltrate the tongue? Or you get, or you get a different cell type of cancer. I mean, the cancer that forms is usually the surface of the tongue anyway, that, that material that's up there at the surface. So it's, uh, the thing though, irritation, chronic irritation can slightly increase the risk of cancer. So maybe the irritating effect of the metal rubbing on the tongue or something, plus the tobacco, plus the heat from the smoke might combine in some way, but I've never seen that data. But Robin. Yes. You'll be on one lung by the time the mouth cancer sets in. Am I right? I mean, statistically, uh, you'll have heart disease or or do you, do you drink or Al lose a lung before do you, do you that. Use much alcohol? No. Okay. It's, it's the it's the the real increased risk comes from alcohol and tobacco together. Really? Yeah. That's a, then there's dramatic increased risk in mouth, tongue, esophagus. Does it does that have anything to do with drinking the alcohol and smoking at the same time, or is it just the, the combination? The, the alcohol increases the carcinogenicity of the tobacco. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's kind of a, a bad cycle because a lot of people either smoke more mm -hmm. when they're drinking. It, it actually is the combination. It, it, in fact, it, the, the cancers of the mouth and esophagus and larynx pretty much only occur to uh, tobacco smokers, but they especially occur in, in tobacco smokers who drink. Casey. Hello? Hey. Hey, Adam. That's Drew. How's it going? Good. Uh, I had a quick question for you. Um, I've been dating this girl for about two and a half years. And I'm 18, she's 17, and a little while ago we had sex for the first time. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, she hasn't been in the mood at all. And I was wondering if there's anything I could do or, like, what the problem is. Have but, you talked to her? Well, oh, wait, let's, let's, that'll oh, be a last resort. That's awfully r r radical of me to suggest that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, that's like, you don't cut the breast off <laughs> when you find a lump. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You first you try chemo and other forms of therapy, you see what you can do, a biopsy. If worse comes to worse. You get out the scalpel. We haven't gotten that point yet, have we, Casey? Oh, no. Okay, now, but how horny was she before oh, well, you had be sex? Well, before this, I mean, she was, like, always in the mood. But you didn't have sex. Huh? Wait a no, minute. Well, we'd fool around, but okay. not have, like, you know, sex. And then we did, and ever since then, she hasn't been in the mood to do anything. All right, so you left a bad taste in her mouth, Casey. I guess so. I mean, I'm lucky to, like, get a good night kiss now. It's, it's insane. Yeah, how long has it been? Since we had sex or since we... Since started? you had sex. Uh, well, it was over Christmas break. Oh. Yeah. No. That's We're getting in a whole other season now. We're ready to oh, set yeah. the clocks back. I know. Forward or wherever we set them. Starting forward. Yeah, that's got to hurt. Well, Casey, obviously you traumatized her. Yeah. Um, are you large? Uh, fairly. No, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But just emotionally, no. maybe it's too much for her in some way. She just, you know. Well, when a woman sees a penis as big as Casey's, that's an emotional scarring, Drew. Have you talked to her, Casey? Um, well, she, I mean, she, she won't talk about that. Because it took us, like, a long time, because we tried a lot of times, and it, like, it was too painful for her. Uh, and the painful, that kind of pain comes from somebody being anxious, being uptight, being not ready to do that. And so when she finally did it, she still wasn't ready to do it, and now she's having emotional repercussions from that. Yeah, woman. And, and, you're, and you're the you're the sort of the two, the 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 perpetrator. You know, you're the you're the bad guy that did that to her, made her feel this so way. So it's like anxiety makes you tense, and you like when your neck starts hurting right. when you're driving in traffic. Right. right. Yeah, you yeah. become like you ever put your finger in a sea urchin. 
It closes right up. Sea anemone. Sea anemone. <laughs> I'm just trying to avoid saying that word. What's a sea urchin? The like purple a crab? thing with the spine sticking out of it. Oh, that's an urchin? Yeah. All right. Yeah, ever put your finger in there and it just sh- <laughs> closes right up on it? No, I've never done that. All right, thanks for going along <laughs> with me on that one, Casey. That could okay. be your penis. Casey, is what talk I'm saying. to her and tell her, find out what's up with her. Why is she avoiding you? Why does she have trouble being close to you? Why does she feel about what happened to her? You're going to have to show interest and caring about her feelings. Imagine that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, well, I, mean, All right. I understand that she thinks like it might, you know, keep hurting, and because she didn't enjoy it the first time. Right. But I don't understand why she's not in the mood to do anything else then. Well, because she thinks that'll lead to the sex. Because the last time you did that, it led to sex, and she was traumatized. So if you begin that again, it's step A is going to lead to step B, and before you know it, you're 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 working up a sweat and you know veins popping in your forehead, and you're injuring her again. Okay. You know that's why she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to get it started. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. It's the same reason guys don't want to go to the mall. <laughs> Because they know eventually they're going to end up in some freaking perfume store or something for 45 minutes. It's not the mall itself that scares them. But they don't even want to get in the car and drive by the mall because they know they head in. They're going to, they're going to be in like a Saks Fifth Avenue pricing uh, seconds. Okay. Pricing bad jeans for uh, two hours. You see what I'm saying, Casey? Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. So okay. talk to her. Okay. All right. Boy, talking is always the last resort for our listeners. Or, God forbid you care about your partner's feelings. Oh. Okay, Drew. Hey, well, no, that, come on. He's not even that thinking about horse, that. No, Mike. no high horse. Where's the horse. You don't need the high horse. God forbid you care about your partner's feelings. Stacy. Hi. How are you guys? Good. I have two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them are pretty serious. Okay, my first question. I've been going out with this guy for, oh, I guess about eight months since last July, and um, I have yet to meet his family or his friends, and I don't. I've never been in a relationship like this. I'm so used to being with the with the guy and then meeting his parents and you know and and then hanging out with the, with his family. And what do you think that means, Stacy? I I don't know. I'm confused. I care about him more than anything in the entire world, but he keeps talking about us meeting his um, friends and his family, but that but we won't do it. What do you think that means? Maybe is he ashamed of me? But I mean, we go out in public. That doesn't make any sense. I, yeah, but it's a it's sure. A, who's going to an, talk? A, a bunch of strangers, right? An anonymous public. Does he tell you to uh, duck your head when you're driving on, down down a street or anything? No. He he doesn't put a, a mail sack over your head when you go down and get the paper or anything like that. No. I mean. When you go see a movie, he doesn't say you go on ahead. No. I mean, he'll hold my hand, he'll kiss me and stuff, and I just I'm just confused. I'm... All right, here's the, it's it's one of two things. You're thinking it's you. It could be he who's embarrassed about his family, quite frankly. I mean, believe me, bringing uh, any girls over to the hippie shack where mom resides is never a pleasant experience for me. Lawn lawn looking like the Everglades. Your, your house. Yeah. Well, then you had to eat that stuff, so, you know. All right, mom making up a, a big thing of fried tofu and lentil bean soup and with weeds. a bay leaf floating in it. I had one girl eat the bay leaf. You know, they, they put this big bay leaf. It floats around on the top of bad stews. It's like kangaroos and stuff eat bay leaves or koala bears. You don't right. live in a very good neighborhood. And the girl ate the bay leaf because she felt bad. Oh. <laughs> She's never been right. He doesn't okay. live in a good neighborhood. No. Okay, this is it. He's a little embarrassed. You, do you come from um, privilege? I think he sees me as a little um, overprivileged. You know, my um, 
my family bought me a car. I'm oh, okay, it's the princess and the popper. But I'm, but but it's really not like that. Right, but he doesn't know. He's gonna feel self-conscious. Okay. Coming to the house, mom's uh, chewing tobacco. She's got teeth missing. There's a mangy dog laying in the corner waiting to die. Big okay. dad's out on the on the uh, on the porch in a rocking chair, whittling something with a big gut slopping over his trousers, which are being held up by a strand of rope. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Is El Camino up on blocks in the driveway? <laughs> okay. Um, my second question. Yes. Um, my mom died last July. I met him two weeks after my mom died, and um, and uh, she died of cancer, and mm. I'm just. I'm feeling so so confused. Like, I sometimes some days I'm in denial, and some days I'm just stressed out, and and I don't. I'm I'm wondering what I should do for this. How long ago did she die? Um, last July. So it was like seven and a half months. Where's your yeah. dad? What? Where's your dad? Um, I'm living with him at the moment. They were divorced for several years, and um, and they're real good friends. So he was there for her through all that. Mm-hmm. So you haven't grieved really for your mom's loss, huh? I guess life. not. I mean, she was my best friend, and I, I love her very much. But, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect. You know, I mean, some days I'm in denial, and I'm like, you know, my mom is not dead, and you know, I just expect to go home, and she'll be there. But I know that she is. And so I, you got in a relationship just a couple of weeks after your mom passed away. That's kind of res- yeah. rescue you from those feelings, and it sounds like that's really what this whole your whole sort of emotional strategy is, is to deny or avoid. Find ways out of dealing with the feelings that are attached to the Yeah, loss. I mean, it's just going to be tough. I mean, there's oh, going to yeah. be a lot of uh, unfinished business with mom and, and emotions and, like, open nerves and open wounds, I should say, that you're going to bring into the relationship. And it's I'm surprised you guys have made it this long. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, well, because she's she's clinging to make sure that she doesn't have to lose that and then be stuck with her feelings. So what do you recommend that I do? Uh, if you really can't get at the the, the grief, uh, there are grief groups out there. Uh, you could uh, probably call InfoLine or any local hospital. They would be able to refer you to, to should be refer, refer you to grief counseling groups. Uh, get an individual therapist, help you through that way. Uh, more importantly, just try to focus on dealing with the feelings and don't be afraid of them if you possibly can. This this denial where you want to go home and she's going to be there, I mean, it's natural that you want to avoid to that intensely to the point that you actually fantasize that she's still there. I mean, it's natural enough. But and, you do that long enough, and uh, there will be side effects. And as far as a boyfriend goes, and he understands what you've been through in the last uh, eight months. I think he, he understands, but he doesn't really talk about it much with me. Well, like, when I bring up my mom, he's like, he, he's, he's afraid of death. He does not even like to well, touch and, the And, you know, a lot of guys, and I know because I'm a guy, uh, their approach to sort of touchy emotional issues is to get them over with as soon as possible. And it's not necessarily because they're being cruel. It's just because they think, well, the faster the conversation's over, the faster you'll go back to being happy. Like, you know, if someone, like, brings up cancer or something to me, I'll go, hey, what's that over there? <laughs> you know, just to get a distraction. A lot of guys deal with, with things that are in, – and a lot of guys feel uh, ill-equipped. Right. to handle these things. They right. feel they're going to say something and put their foot in their mouth. Right, so they avoid it just the way you're doing, Stacy. Stacy, I would talk to this guy, tell him it, it, it hurts your feelings that he hasn't brought you around to meet the family. He's probably going to start laughing and say that he, he was worried what you would think. See, that's funny because I mentioned that to him. I said, you know, why haven't I met your family? Well, why does it matter? 
Uh, you know, what kind of answer is that? Yeah, what I, kind of answer I, I don't is... know. I'm starting to get a different view on this guy. Why, why does it matter? We, you know, we've been, we're together. It's not me, you, and my family. It's just me and you. I, I get the feeling this guy's had some fun made of his family in the past, and he's maybe just a little over-defensive about it. But you're just really, like we told our last caller, you're going to have to confront him. You're going to have to talk it out. You're going to have to explain to him what you're feeling. And if he doesn't come... my last resort. If he doesn't come through, this... Do it. If he doesn't come through, then you got to move on. He's the wrong guy. Don't be afraid of your feelings either. Thanks, Drew. Tiffany. Hi. Hey. Oh, God. This is real embarrassing for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. My boyfriend... Uh, okay. I was a virgin before I met him. Mm-hmm. And um, we've done a lot of things together, but um, he kind of wants to have anal sex. Uh, and With you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, because there's... There's a lot of guys who drive trucks and stuff who'd be willing to come by and uh, oblige him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. But that's kind of nasty. I mean, I don't... I want to do it to pleasure him, you know, but... Don't do it. Huh? You obviously don't want to do that. Yeah, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Let me... How old is this guy? He's 20. Let me tell you about what goes on in the mind of a 20-year-old. I, I know because emotionally I'm 19. <laughs> I'm emotionally going to be celebrating my 20th birthday soon. You have a big sexual shopping list. It's like a big list. And on the list, and it starts off with, you know, kiss. And then it's like grab a boob. And then it goes down to like uh, rub outside the pants. And then it goes down to get, a, you know, get a finger full. And then it, you know, it just keeps going down the line. That's like a sexual scavenger hunt. At the bottom, just below or somewhere next to like threesome or whatever or orgy is anal sex. And what guys, 20-year-olds try to do is they try to check off as many things on the list they can with one girlfriend. And if they can't get to the entire list with you, sometimes they'll move on to a new girl and the list will continue. They'll finish the list. He's not like that. I mean... You haven't found his list? Huh? Well, yeah, I mean... It, uh, it, usually they keep it taped on the other side of their sock drawer. Right. Well, does it hurt girls or something? Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, as all I can, I've never really had anything in my ass, but I can say this. I'm a 190-pound guy. I think I would cry if, like, a, a jockey penetrated me. So being, like, a 115-pound woman and having a 190-pound guy behind you, I, I think, would, would be even worse. So I would say, yeah. But, you know, you lube up, and you, you do it right, and it can be done. But if you don't want to do it, that's the main thing. Well, I mean, wonder if I do it. Is there, like, any danger? I mean... Yeah, you can traumatize the area. Yeah. You, you sexually transmitted diseases. That's you a, can, it's a great way to catch a good disease. You can scream so loud a clump of plaster falls off the ceiling and crushes you. Yeah. Okay. Listen, you can... It's possible to do it, and if he's a real technician... It probably can be done in a in a semi-painless fashion. But the point is, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And we'll be back. Love Line, we'll be right back. When we're damn good and ready. The
This is an important announcement for anyone with a student loan who is having trouble making their monthly payments. If that's you, pay attention, because there's a special toll-free hotline that has been set up especially for you. So grab a pen and take this number down, or put it in your cell phone, 1-800-652-3707. That's 1-800-652-3707. When you call the National Student Loan Relief Hotline, you will get free information. That's free information to help you relieve the overwhelming financial burden of an ongoing endless student loan. If you are behind, late on payments, or even in default of your student loan, the National Student Loan Relief Hotline can help you. You may also be able to cut your payments in half right away. The National Student Loan Relief Hotline can also stop the harassing phone calls, wage garnishments, and even remove tax liens. The National Student Loan Relief Partner Companies have helped thousands of people just like you fix their student loan problem. Call 1-800-652-3707 for free information today. That's 1-800-652-3707. Somebody spank me. Well, it is Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew on the phone number here at Loveline. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. 1-800-568-3191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm not going to do it yet, but I'm just warning you again to arm yourself with a pad and pencil because the lesbian aptitude test or LAT test is uh, coming soon. Oh, not right now. To a radio near you. Not this second. I'm going to tease it a little more because I know radio. (laughs) People just got up, shut the radio off, went, screw him, he's an a-hole, I'm going to bed. Going to bed, yeah. Fantastic. But that is coming up and is coming up shortly. And until then, it's back to the phones we go. Alana. Hi. (laughs) How are you guys doing? Good. Um, I have a question for the doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been using heroin for about 10 months now. Nice. Um, and I haven't got a period since around New Year's, mm-hmm. and I'm a little worried. Um, I was wondering if it's related, if uh, what, any, you, what you think about it. Any chance you're pregnant? Uh, yeah, my libido is firmly dead. <laughs> so there's no chance you're pregnant? No chance. I then haven't it, had sex in a while. That is the heroin. Um, it is the heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you heard about this? I mean, is me? this a common thing? Yeah, most drug addicts. Uh, speed, the stimulants particularly, but heroin sometimes. Are you, are you losing weight also? Uh, I've lost about 15 pounds. Yeah, the weight loss and whatnot. People stop having periods very often. It's very common. So it's it's because of the heroin death. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, okay. All right. Then. What are you gonna do about your heroin addiction? Um, I I don't. I mean, know. Let, let's put it this way. Uh, you, you ever heard the the Adam? You ever heard the phrase rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic? Uh, that was a Gordon Lightfoot yes, song. Because <laughs> she's worrying about she has a, a a a disease that will kill her by the age of 50. And she's worrying about not having a period. Right. It, it's just senseless. I think. Well, the heroin addiction, people that are not meaningfully involved in recovery by the age of 40 when they're heroin addicts do not live to 50. Right. That, that's a statistic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I not th- having a period is not going to hurt you. No, I've been living for 31 right. years uh, on and off without my period. And look at me. Living on and off or on and off without the period? On and off. I've been spotting once right. in a while, but Imagine I'm strong that. as an ox. Better than me. But, um, but I mean, think about that. You're worried about not having a period, which is meaningless, and you're not worried about a life-threatening illness. Well, no, I, I am, actually. I mean, I'm... I'm what are you taking, doing? Well, I see, I want to quit, but um, I... 
It's going to require you going somewhere. Well, no, that's that's not it. Well, that's what going it's going to away. Requ- yeah, you're going to have to go to a sober living or something. Heroin addiction is a. Oh uh, well, then see, then I can't even do that very now. Very difficult disease to handle. But let me ask you a question, Alana. Sure. Are Alana. you, uh, Alana? Are you working? Uh, yeah. Are you sort of keeping up appearances? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's easy to do when you're on heroin. It is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because you would think. If someone was a heroin addict, oh, no. that, I don't know no, that no. you could spot them. Or oh, that, no. no but yeah, no, but no. have you ever watched Dragnet? Yeah. <laughs> Guy has a hit of reefer. His hair goes down to his waist. He sprouts sandals. He loses his job. You think you can spot the, no, the drug no, abusers? No. Not no. at all. Mm-mm. Not unless I don't get it. And then, you know, then I get sick. But um, How much a week are you spending? Um, it's probably about, a, about $100 a week. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think all the things you could have for well, I don't know if this is a good a good angle, but I immediately think cable with all the stations. That's my opiate drill. <laughs> so far. All right, Alana, but you got to stop. Well, yeah, I realize that. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure that this period thing was because of that and and not something else. I'm sure that's what it is. Um. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm happy. Thank you. Good luck. I'm happy. I'm happy. It's my life-threatening illness that's causing the symptoms I'm having, which are meaningless. Yeah, I mean, she acts like she's hooked on Abba Zabba bars or something. I mean, heroin is, is right up there. Yeah, bad disease. Josh. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how you doing? Well, um, I had a question and a comment. My question was for Dr. Drew. Yeah, Josh. Um, my question was, I know a girl, um, I'm not going to say her name, but she does a lot of crank, mm-hmm. and um, she has unprotected sex, like, constantly also, and she hasn't gotten pregnant from it. And um, my question was, is do you think that it, like the crank affects her sterility or not? It, it can affect her ovulatory cycles, so it might make her less less fertile. Yeah, because like yeah. um, she's like, just, but you know you can't count on that. She's just lucky, basically. His like my cousin's girlfriend does it also, and she's like, you know, they were like wanting to have a kid, but I was just like kind of worried about that too. Mm. But um, also my comment was for Adam. Like, that test that you did last night, that was more like a white trash test than anything. <laughs> well, you could have just, like, thrown in a six-pack of Meisterbrow in a trailer park or something. Well, you know, when I was collecting the data, Josh, that thought had crossed my mind. But you got to realize the more testosterone a man has coursing through his veins, the more apt he is to partake in the white trash sports and lifestyle, if you really think about it. <clears throat> I don't have the... Pardon me. Right over my head. <laughs> I don't have the test in front of me, but there, there, there were certain ones that sort of mirrored the white trash lifestyle, and I appreciate your input, Josh. But Leonard Skinner's what threw it off. <laughs> Leonard Skinner's white trash. Yeah, but there's no gay man in the world that has a Leonard Skinner CD in his record collection. Am I right? You're right. All right. There and you go. That was basically this is a threshold test. A lo- yeah. screening test. Elias, we're trying to weed right. out the right. heterosexuals. Right. Now, <laughs> those pesky heteros. And a, a, a lot of the stuff wasn't what made you heterosexual. A lot of it was the antithesis of gayness. I mean, 180 degrees from being gay. See? Yeah. 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 Right. All right. I, I don't have to prove myself to you or anyone else, Drew. Now, tonight, uh, the Academy Awards must be letting out right about now, huh? Yes, they certainly we're, are. We're the only radio station in town not talking about And that... String will continue. Christiana. Yes. You're on Loveline. Oh, hi. Okay, um, I have a question. Okay, it's like totally weird because my mom's a lesbian, right? Yeah. And I was sleeping in that room, and I went to go ask my mom something, and I walked in on her and her lover, like, doing it right. Yeah. 
And I got totally pissed off, and I left, and I haven't been back since. Did anybody see? Did either of them see you? Yeah, they did. They knew you were there? Yeah. Okay, what did they do? Oh, they didn't really do anything. I got really pissed, and I started cussing, and I got my stuff, and I left. Hmm. You, you started cussing at them, or you just sort of under your breath while you're packing yeah. your stuff? I cussed at them. You stood there in the doorway and cussed at them? No, I was walking down back down my hallway, and I was like... Okay. But you knew your mom was a lesbian. Yeah, I did. Let me explain something to you about the lesbian lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, part of being a lesbian involves, you know, burying your face in another woman's crotch every once in a while. I mean, I don't even know if you can be a lesbian if you don't do that. So, I mean, you already kind of knew that, didn't you, Christiana? Yeah, I did, but it's like... What made you mad? That the fact that they were doing it while I was home, you know. Right. Wasn't and, and was disrespectful. Right. How'd that make you feel? Yeah, it made me feel, like, disgusting. But what if it had been a man? Would you have felt the same way? Yeah, kind of. Right. So that's not quite as bad, though. No, it's because it's my mom. Right. Well, nobody wants to no. see their parents having sex. No. So you're mad at your mom for being a lesbian? Yeah. You're mad at your mom for not respecting your boundaries and your feelings? Right. And respecting the integrity of your home? Mm-hmm. Unless Adrian Barbeau has a kid, I bet he would want to see her having sex. <laughs> and and you're pissed. Yeah, totally. Right? Is there a way you can overcome some of that and get back home? Well, I don't know because it's like I told my mom like twice before. I was like, if you guys are gonna do it, like totally go to a motel, right? I go and like don't come home and tell me about it. And she totally disrespects me and like. She comes back and tells you about it. Oh, yeah. you mean this? This? She? Yeah, I was like, cause like she wonders if I'm curious, you know. Like, to know how you do it and all that. Oh, for crying out loud. Uh, let, Chris, Christiana, now, was her door closed? No, it wasn't. Actually, it was kind of open. It was ajar? Mm-hmm. And you just sort of pushed it open? Yeah. I mean, here's the deal, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play both sides of the fence on this one. Mm -hmm. Your mom really should have had the door closed. Right. And, and, and I would have actually, if I ever have kids, first thing I'm doing is putting a deadbolt and a chair up against the door, because I realized how scarred a youngster could be through having... Well, I don't know, though. You and Susan, Drew, you're a pretty attractive uh, couple. I think your kids would probably go for that. But the point is, is you lock the door because you don't want to scar the kids. She shouldn't have left it ajar. On the other hand, you should have knocked. You should have known that something... You knew something was going on in there, and you pushed the door open anyway. You knew what you were going to find. Really, because I didn't expect them to be doing anything like. But that you, you thing. could hear things. You knew she was over. You saw the the big flannel overcoat, you yeah, know, but, draped over the chair in the dining room. But Adam, how can she learn to respect boundaries? How can she learn that when she's raised in a home where there are none? You know. I'm I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate. I know you are, yeah. and it's a point reasonably well taken, and it's good to empower Christian to let make her take some responsibility for all this, and she needs to get back and. Unless you can go to your dad's house. Or Where somewhere. are you staying now? Uh, at a friend's house. Where's your dad? My dad's like totally in jail. Nice. Okay. So you, you, you have need, a tough you need, environment. You need to get back with your mom, but it sounds like your instincts are good. You know when you are being. You have enough self-respect to assert yourself in your own environment. You need to set boundaries with your mother. It's a, a shame that you end up being the parent in this household, but that's basically what's happening. Uh -huh. And you need to go back and slug it out. 
Yeah, well, but but don't come at her with anger. Just tell her it it hurts you that she doesn't respect yeah, you enough, right, right. and that it also you know it makes you feel uncomfortable. She sounds like a rather primitive well, person. I kind of told her that I was like, "What if you like walked in?" I was having sex with my boyfriend. What would you think? And she was like, oh, "That's different because you're younger." I'm like, "No, it's not different." It's it is different because. She should know better, and she's your mother and has yeah. some responsibilities that uh, are inherent in that job. Tell her, look, Christiana, what's her name? Nancy. Nancy? Mm -hmm. Say, listen, Nancy, I'm the kid, you're the mom. Start acting like it, and we'll be back. Loveline will be right back to say something interesting or humorous or something. Even God himself endorses whacking. <laughs> oh, I love those Simpsons. Let me give the phone number out real fast. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. The fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. He is Dr. Drew's board certified physician. Name of the show is Loveline. And now, as promised, grab a pad and pencil. Because we are going to figure out Whether you're actually a lesbian. The lat test. Give yourself five points for every pouch of red man dip you've gone through in the last week. If you've ever quit your job to follow the LPGA tour, give yourself 25 points. If you own a Sears Craftsman tool catalog, give yourself 10 points. If any of the pages are dog-eared, add, add five points. And if any of the pages are stuck together, add an additional 25 points. Give yourself one point for every pair of flat-soled sandals you own and add an additional five points for every pair with the truck tire sole. Because you know that's butch. Add one point for every item in the house made of flannel, excluding sheets, nightgowns, and jacket liners. See, I have to make provisions on certain ones yeah, of these. Of course, I understand. Give yourself five points for every pair of tough-skin jeans you have in your closet. Add an additional five points if the knees are reinforced, and an additional 25 points if the crotch is reinforced. Razorback hairdo, that's worth 15 points. Chain on the wallet, that'll get you 10 points. If you collect straight-edge razors, black powder rifles, or flooring tools, give yourself 10 points. If you work at a kennel, give yourself five points. 10 points if you smoke Tipperillo cigars. If you can tear down and rebuild a Mopar transmission blindfolded, give yourself 35 points. 15 points if your bowling average is above 187. If you've ever fired a gun not in self-defense, give yourself 10 points. And finally, if you can bench press more than your own body weight, give yourself 5 points. Well, there it is. The lat test. <laughs> the definitive way of separating the lesbians. Sort of sort out those pesky heteros <laughs> from the pesky. How many points was it for the flat sandals? Uh, uh oh. Depending if you had the special tread yeah, or not. Yes, so let's see. Uh, like give, little flip flop sandals. Give yourself one point for every pair of flat soled sandals you own. But how many sandals? Not, not not thongs. Not not thongs. Oh, okay. How many sandals? Flat soled sandals you own? I got a couple. Couple pair. But uh -huh. they're like Dr. Scholl type sandals. Uh huh. Right? I don't care if they're orthopedic or therapeutic in any so, way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have any with the uh, tire truck tire sole on them? No. Okay. Uh -huh. You're okay. 
a few right. points here it's, and there is fine. The Birkenstock quality, right? Yeah, no yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't go there now. Yeah. The ultimate yeah. uh, piece of uh, lesbian footwear would be the Birkenstock with the truck tire sole on it. Are we ready to get back to the phones there, Drew? Sure. All right, Jimmy. Yes. Hey, you're on Love Line. All right. I got a problem here. Mm. I've been married now for six years. I'm 25. My <laughs> wife is 24. Um, I had a feeling that she had been cheating on me, and so I had had a vasectomy done about six months ago. What does her cheating have to do with your getting a vasectomy? Well, we already have three children. A vasectomy is 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 Kentuckian for vasectomy. I'm I'm guessing. <laughs> for a vasectomy? Yes, or vasectomy. <laughs> and all right, I'm smelling bogus here, because here's what this guy's saying. He's saying he's. Is, I, I'm going to finish this call. He suspected his wife of cheating. So he got a so vasectomy. Got a vasectomy. Now she's pregnant. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. How many post-vasectomy sperm samples did you give? I'm sorry. How many post-vasectomy sperm samples did you give? Two. Oh, <laughs> because I got to tell you, big engineer Mike was holding up the big two sign, as you uh, well now, know. We don't call him the one-nut wonder for nothing. He's did, been under the knife. Did your urologist suggest anything more than that? No. Somebody's coaching him from behind, I think. <laughs> but but oftentimes, in fact, usually, they, they sometimes I'll let you go with two, but uh, three is sort of the definitive test. Uh, and if all three are without any sperm, then, then it can't be your child. Let me ask him a question. Jimmy. Yeah. How much wood could a wood chuck chuck if a wood chuck could chuck wood? Uh, couldn't tell you. Two. All right. Two. All right. It was a trick question. All right. So did you have it or not? Come on. Yeah. Be straight. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, we had been talking about it for a couple of months before I had it done, but we hadn't decided if that's exactly what we wanted to do. Uh-huh. And so I still went ahead and did it. Well, and she did come up pregnant two months two months ago. And uh, she didn't know you did it? No. She didn't notice the big uh, well, gauze ball in your pants? No, because we really haven't seen each other. She works nights, I work days, and that's when it's normally been happening. <clears throat> I would sus uh, suspect there because uh, I call the house, and the sitter usually answers, and I don't know why she's there. All right. Um, and she just told good me. Good detail, you know. Yeah. No, 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 I don't think so. I don't know. All right, Jamie, look, here's the deal. You need to go get another sperm count done to be sure that you haven't uh, what we would call recanalized or reconnected in some way. Because uh, that, that can't. Oh, yes. You told me there's like almost zero chance. Uh, n not really almost zero, but very low. Very low chance, but it does happen. Well, wait, I mean, very low is almost zero. I had, isn't a, it? I had a patient uh, have that happen after two negative sperm uh, sperm counts. His his. No, wait a minute. What tube is it? What the carterized, recanalized? Yeah, they cut out the section. Uh, it, your your body wants to be uh, wants the anatomy restored. Here's basically the way it works. It's like a stretch of highway in Malibu, and a, a landslide came and and blocked it, and now. No traffic could get through. Right. Traffic being the sperm, by the way. I'm not sure what kind of car sperm would drive. I imagine something sporting. But the thing is, is somehow God has taken his bulldozer and cleared the road Correct. again. Correct. Correct. That's what happens. Right. I like actually, to paint a picture for the listeners. It's like a tunnel that collapsed completely, and actually the whole the whole hillside was gone. But now... Now it's all back. But miraculously, it's yeah. back. Yeah. And all right. uh, get another sperm count to be sure that it couldn't be yours, and if it isn't, uh, then we got a problem here, don't we? Oh, yeah. What would you guys suggest I do? How how should I 
you know, I, I just don't want to ask her, you know, are you cheating on me? She's not, you know. Then. Well, have the other sperm count done. If it is zero, then you don't even have to ask, do you? What makes you think she's cheating on you? Just the way she's acting. We haven't been real romantic, I guess, you know. Yeah, but we get those calls every night, and it doesn't have anything to do with cheating. Well, it's been about a year, you know, since we've had a, you know, a really good time. I mean, we've had sex, but... Not like it used to be. Right. Sex is just about boring to her, it seems. Right. And she's always looking at her watch going, hurry up, I got a 10 o'clock appointment. It's just about, you know, that's what it feels like to me, that she just wants to hurry up and get it done with and get out of there. Jimmy, maybe you should just have a sort of general, a GR, a general relationship talk. Or maybe she's been listening to Adam, because you've advocated that repeatedly. What? That if a woman's not inclined to engage in sexual activity, just... Just go, just take it is sort of what you advise. Yeah, well, there's certain sacrifices one makes when one takes the vows. And part of it is lying there lifelessly while your husband uh, humps away on you for just ten minutes a week. I think it's in the scripture somewhere. It's in the fine print, right? <laughs> yeah, it's on the side of the page. I'm going to have it worked into my vows. Do you agree to lie there like a dead herring while Adam humps your lifeless body for 15 minutes a week and no longer than 20 minutes a week? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, after, so I go get another sperm count? Get a now? sperm count. And then? Yes. And, and then I'll find out. Yes. Know, even if I do, perchance, say, have some left, you know, I mean... It's still, what's the possibility? We couldn't give you a number. Just bring the documentation to her and have a long sit-down and figure it out. People don't talk. We're finding that out. Certainly these callers tonight don't That's talk. That's a big, a big mute crowd tonight. Amy. Hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey, Amy, what's up? Um, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> um, my boyfriend and I have been having sex now for about, um, I'd say maybe a month, month and a half, mm -hmm. and um, and before that, <laughs> not continuously. Oh well, no. Okay. <laughs> of course not. Good, because I'm saying you're really, you're really doing a good job on the phone. <laughs> um, no, and before that, I was um giving him blowjobs, and he had no problem or no pressure or pain or anything after that, and we weren't using condoms. Uh huh. Um. And now, since we're having sex, we're using condoms when we have sex. <laughs> and, and, what's the deal? Um, but he has, like, a lot of pain and a lot of pressure afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That's very common. Mm-hmm. It's like your penis going up in an airplane. No, no, no. It's actually in the, in the perineum, right? In the, in the, sort of in his pelvis area, right? The pain. Hurts. Well, typically that would be a, what's called a pubococcygeous muscle spasm. And Say coccygeous again. No, no. And, <laughs> Come on. No. And uh, <laughs> prostate inflammation, urethral inflammation, nothing at all can cause these things. It can be totally normal. But he, he ought to see a doctor and, and get his prostate checked and all. But I, I doubt it's anything significant. At the worst, it probably does some kind of low-grade infection of the prostate. Now, spasm. Drew, does it ever happen when a man orgasms into a tight condom after a second... When it sort of springs back, his eyeballs bulge out like one of those squishy dolls? No? I can't even imagine what you're talking about. I'm not a doctor. I have to ask these questions. You understand? I appreciate that. But, but the, the pain comes from the pressure. 
No. In, into the condom. It's, no, it's probably no, no. 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 The, you need a receptacle, right? You need the you need the uh, yeah, but the you, thing at the end, the trough, the love trough. Right, but the, the, the love bucket. Where is the pain that he has? Um, I, I'm not for sure. I think it's like in his scrotum. Or, or behind there, sort of, right? Yeah. I yeah. Think. Right, and that that's muscle spasm. Because he doesn't, but he doesn't have it. Like when I go down on him. It, it can be caused by different activities. It doesn't have to be the same thing. Yeah, totally different position, and there's that whole leg lock thing going on. There's all sorts of stuff that can cramp up. So it's not because of the condom or anything? No. We're saying it's not condom-related, but I'm saying leave plenty of reservoir there, so I don't know. The guy doesn't have any back pressure. <laughs> that, and uh, make sure he sees a doctor to make sure his prostate's okay. It can be an epididymal inflammation, but there can be infection inflammations that can trigger those sorts of things. I like like a three foot reservoir. I like to come in like swinging the reservoir around. Why? I just want that kind of space. I want to make sure that there's no chance of of of, of topping out the condom. Yeah, I'll I'll come in there. I'll snap it a few times. Three feet. <laughs> if there's like you know a spider crawling on the wall, I'll slap it like a gecko lizard in his tongue. <laughs> and we'll be back. Call Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Loveline, we'll be right back. This is Heidi Fleiss, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Two names that wish they could be found in the little black book. Yeah. <laughs> and again, maybe not. You know what I love about uh, Heidi? Most of those. Just most are, uh, what, what are those, drops? Yeah. People are like, they sound like they're on like a quaalude in a fifth of Jack, and they'd rather be anywhere else than reading that thing, and they go, uh, this is... Uh, 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 Heidi Fleiss and uh, Adam Carolla and uh, uh, yeah, can I go? <laughs> it just sounds it's, it's the weirdest thing. At least in the Rodney world. spelled it out. Yeah, Rodney. Well, you know when the mic's on, he knows how to perform. Yeah, he should have. He was in here all of ten minutes, that bastard. Let me get the phone numbers out. Rodney Dangerfield, we're talking about one eight hundred L O V E one nine one. Fax number three one zero eight five four forty four fifty five. We're going to get to the phones real fast. Mike. Um, yeah, you always talk about how um, pot could, like, shrink your uh, testicles. Mm. I'm wondering... Do I always talk about that? Yes, it's all... It's, it's, your, it's, it's your anthem. I see. Every day. All right. Um, I'm wondering, during puberty, uh, could it stop the growth? Delay the growth, possibly. It, it lowers testosterone levels, no doubt about it. Okay. Let me tell you, no big benefit to having the big nuts. They swing around in a sort of counter-pendulum motion when you're trying to have sex. We talked about that before, knocking stuff off the nightstand. And number two, they'll dwarf your penis eventually. You'll be walking around with the, you know, these tremendous, uh, tremendous set of testicles, and it makes your penis look that much smaller. Mm. So I say, uh, God bless the small testicles. Castration. Yeah, um, oh, man, imagine how big you'd look. <laughs> Anyways, um, the second thing is I've had like a pain in my like it's right by my chest for since I was like seven, and I went to the doctor about three years ago and they said it was a growing pain, but <laughs> um, yesterday I had a really hard one and it like hurt my shoulder after it. Yeah. And it, 
it kind of sounded like a heart attack, you know? No, no, not a heart attack. Not the, the symptoms did. Yeah. Uh, he, no, but when he saw the size of his nuts, he almost had a heart attack. You're, you're, you may want to see a doctor other than a pediatrician. Uh, you're, you're old enough now that you might want to see an internist. Uh, and there are a lot of different things that could be done to evaluate this to make sure it's nothing to be concerned about. It probably is nothing. And we'll be back in 10. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Yes, the name of the show is Loveline. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. He is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician, addiction medicine specialist, and it's back to the phones we go. Sarah. Hi. Hey, you're on Loveline. Um, I was wondering, my boyfriend of three years in February, we got into a fight in December, and he had started drinking with his friends, you know, he just turned 21 and everything started getting into hard alcohol and like getting drunk you know i mean a lot of guys i've seen are like that just one problem though one night he got i guess he got really drunk i wasn't there i don't drink so i don't like being around him when he drinks you know but he got really drunk and he says he slept with this girl now, I know we have a very monogamous relationship. I mean, we spend all our time together. Right. So, I don't know if this is just a fluke. I don't know if it's even possible because I don't drink. I don't know. I've never gotten drunk. I don't get high, you know. Have you been around people who drink a lot most I've of your life? I've been around, well, yeah, pretty much. Tell me how that is. Um, It doesn't really bother no, me. No, no, I, no. How is it that that happened to you? Oh, how did it happen right. with him? No, no. Oh. How is it that you happen to have been around people who have been drinking? Oh, well, my dad's friends and everything. How about your dad? Um, No, my dad doesn't drink a lot. I mean, just like all of his friends were single and stuff. He raised me as a single parent. Huh. So Where was mom? Um, She was around. I mean, I went and saw her all the time. So it was like a scene from The Odd Couple every time you came home, a bunch of guys smoking cigars no, no, and no, sweaty no. undershirts, drinking no, beer and playing cards? No, it was kind of like um, during the week, it was just us. You know, we went home, cooked dinner, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, during the weekends, we'd go over to, you know, his best friend's house, and I would sit and play video games with, you know, a couple other kids or whatever, and they'd go out and drink, no big deal. It okay, all right, so me. screw the pathology route, Drew. Drew was uh, grasping at some straws there, but we're moving on. Well, why, she, why she's so accepting of this behavior, that's why. Oh, I mean, accepting the, of drinking? This whole scenario here. I mean, well, yeah, you're real straight-laced, and this guy's out, you know, mixing up yeah. chemicals I mean, every weekend. That you're, you're allowing the... No, no this... I don't want to make it sound like he drinks all the time. I don't want to make it sound like that at all. The fact is, when he drinks, he gets drunk. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. So, all right. Like let's get back time. to the cheating. And how often is it that he's doing oh, that? Oh, for Christ's well, sake. Well, it just happened within, like, I guess in the month period, he started drinking, and then, you know, it started being, you know, kind of like every weekend, and then then this happened, and, uh, I mean, he didn't, we, we kind of didn't talk for a while because, you know, I was kind of mad that he took the time to drink and to spend time with me. Sure. It's much more important to him. He called me five, you know, and I realized that that shouldn't be more important. But, but Sarah, he always you. calls you when he's loaded, doesn't he? Oh, no, no. Really? Oh, no. What kind of drunken boyfriend is that? I will I will call girlfriends I had in the eighth grade when I'm loaded. Oh, no. Hey, baby, I was I, thinking of you. We're pretty much, um, we're... 
All right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Drew, are you done? Are you yeah, done I'm leading done. I mean, us the down bo- that The path? bottom line is, is just, there's no reason for her to accept any of this. This is ridiculous. It's not that I have to accept it. I mean, you know. You are accepting it. It's unacceptable behavior all the way. I wouldn't accept it if he didn't know. Sarah, let me tell you, if the, if the Pope called, Drew would be asking him uh, how often he dips into the sacrificial wine and if maybe there's a problem or a history of alcoholism in the family. Don't worry about it. Very straight childhood. The guy's all right. Forget about you. The guy's an average twenty-one-year-old. He just got his, you know, he just became of age, and he's out getting loaded on the weekends, like most. I'm not saying I condone it, but that's how guys do. There's a ton of binge drinking going on in this society. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sarah, thank God we're keeping it legal, though. Got to keep the booze legal. Yeah, binge pot smoking. Everyone would be just staying home watching cartoons and not running people over on the freeways or screwing around on their girlfriends. He'd be too embarrassed even to masturbate if he was stoned, but don't get me going there. Sarah, listen. He screwed around, right? Yes. He told you he screwed around. He didn't have to. I would have never found out if he didn't. Why did he tell you? Because he just, he's, he loves me that much. I don't oh, trust please. that impulse. Oh, please. No. Please. <laughs> even, even Mike's shaking his head. Well, let me put it this way. I mean, he couldn't tell his mom. I mean, he was so disgusted with himself. Oh. And I think Look, you take a shower if you're disgusted with yourself. Oh, no, you guys, I don't I don't want to make it sound like we didn't have a good relationship and he goes out cheating on me all the time. All right, should we talk to him? You know, no, 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 no. Please? He's at work. I can't. What's, what's everybody I working? Know, actually, all I want to know, is it really possible to get that drunk that you don't know what you're doing? Uh, certainly, it could lower his inhibitions, and it could make him more apt to do it. But he still should have known better, and it's not an excuse. It's like if you're driving your car and you're loaded and you run over someone and kill him, you get vehicular manslaughter. If you chase someone sober down a parking lot and run them over, you get first-degree murder. Either way, a crime was committed. Now, as to the severity of the crime, yeah, it's a little less because he was loaded, and he can fall back on that as an excuse, and you can always use that as an excuse, and you guys can probably move on no. and, and blame it on uh, Mr. Budweiser. He needs to be accountable for his behavior. This is oh, ridiculous. don't think I just... Sarah, I'm, t- I'm so oh, sorry. God, I'm so... My fault. Sarah, I'm so tired of these excuses. I can't stand it. <laughs> wow. I can't stand it. But Drew you, rarely gets disgusted unless I say something. Well, that's yeah. It's a rarity. You're so busy being disgusted with that. I have no opportunity to be disgusted. You with have no else, left, You have no more disgust left in you exactly. for the callers. Yeah, no more. So, so, so do you think that since he did this this one time that I should just say forget it? I don't want to be with you anymore. I think you're going to do it again, even though I really mm, don't. I didn't say that. He fessed up and he's sorry. He was loaded. Maybe it's a one-time deal. I would forgive him, I but I gave up drinking altogether. He he doesn't drink anymore. Okay. But, but right. I would not keep making excuses and, and all stuff. Hold him accountable to it. If you want to take another shot at it and take your chances, that's fine. But don't make excuses. And you can expect that there's a probability that this kind of thing will happen again. And you must let him know uh, on no uncertain terms that if he even comes close to this kind of thing again, you're out the door. There's another thing. People have this idea that somehow if you are honest with somebody, then it's okay. Whatever you did is just okay. Right. I was honest with you. I was honest. I came up and I told you. So, you know, even though I tried to kill the Pope, it's, you know, I, I, I told you. So. Yeah, telling somebody about being honest about it, but some heinous act you have undertaken does not make the act justifiable. I'm telling you, society puts way too much weight in the corner of honesty. I mean, there's way too much of that. Everything's you'll be absolved of all your sins well, if you're honest. It's right. that stupid Christian thing where you go in there, you know, you get loaded and you sodomize your young nephew and shoot up a couple of 
uh, people of other races uh, over the weekend. And then you go in, you get a few penance. Yes, Father, I've sinned. Uh, say a few holy uh, Hail Marys and uh, get back to business next weekend. It's BS. you got to be accountable. Rashad, am I right? Yes, you are. <laughs> Hey, yeah, uh, how you doing, Adam and Drew? Good. All right, all right. Say, I've been dating this girl for two years, and uh, ever since the beginning, she's been the most restless sleeper that I've ever come across, okay? Sheets are flying all over the place, pillows on the floor. You wake up, you know, sometimes I'm thinking my head, her head's at the foot of the bed. Really? Okay. Um, What's it like when you have sex with her? She lies there well, like a fish, right? It's, I mean, it's normal, you know. It's not, it's not that crazy, all right. But I mean, when it's in the sleep thing, mm -hmm. is where I'm talking. It goes like into another world, all right. She's, uh, let's see, what kind of example I can come up with? Does, she, does she talk in her sleep? Mm, has done that, but not on a regular basis. All right, what's the question? But uh, well, here's the thing. She's continually asking me to switch sides of the bed during the night. Well, before no, you go, before to bed. go to bed, yeah, she's like, oh, I need to switch side, uh, sleep over here. You know, if it's cold, I sleep by the window. If it's hot, I sleep by the, uh, by the heater. Okay. So if it's windy, you know, she's asking me to go sleep on the ceiling fan. I mean, I don't get it. She's like, you know, I want to sleep on this side. I want this pillow. Well, she's got these pillows I'm allergic to. They're, they're down pillows. Okay. Oh, one of these. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but the thing is, she's always giving me this, sh you know, like, uh, her, a spring went out on one side of her bed. And so I'm sleeping on it, right? Well, oh, I'm picturing this bedroom, by the way, and it's not—it's not conjuring up a pretty thought. Spring right, poking so, through, window open, curtain flapping. You know. But uh, all right. So the question is, we're continually uh, fighting about this, and I've—I've I've been giving in to her until until uh, last week. But um, I can't just keep switching, you know. I mean, I sleep well. I sleep all night, peacefully. I wake up bruises on my leg, you know, from her twitching, and she says she's having these nightmares of, quote-unquote, falling off of a coffee table. Huh. Really? Okay. You'd think she could pick something a little higher. <laughs> I mean, at least a dinner table or a bar stool or something. Yeah, well, you know, I was yeah, down the stairs, something. But I asked her mom. Her mom said she was uh, a bedwetter until she was 10, hmm. and that she said she had... Uh, I bet she appreciated mom putting, coming yeah, forth yeah, with that yeah, little yeah. tidbit of information. Well, I haven't brought that up to her. I'm saving that one for... for yeah, save argument. that for the good argument. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but here's the other kicker. All right, she said, uh, back when back when we met, uh, I'm one of these, one of my past relationships, you had to remember everything the person told you so you could bring it up again, right? Right. So I'm remembering this, that she told me that she had multiple personalities in her past life, okay? In her past life. Whoa, 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 whoa. And now let me tell you, you start going out with a chick like that, next thing gets a crystal up your ass. <laughs> this is the girl. I've already, I've already come across the crystal ball. Wait, this yeah, the where was it? Where was it? It, it? In the closet. Oh, okay, good. I mean, this this girl you're seeing now... Mm. Alleges that she had multiple personalities in a past life. Yeah, yeah. No, she is she is gravely disturbed in a present life. Yeah, well, that could be. She doesn't necessarily show signs of that. Now, I was thinking it was back when we when we met. She was probably just bringing it up for something funny to say. But yeah, you know, mm. you know where I was in my past life. I'm afraid I was uh, trapped inside my dad's nuts. Yeah, bed, bed, bed wedding until the age of ten. That's why you're so against people. Smoking. Severe sleep yeah. disturbances. I, you know, something's not right here. Yeah, uh, Rashad. This, yeah, I mean, this. She, she. <clears throat> here's the deal. She needs to be sort of contained. Uh, 
un- unfold it to get to whatever is causing this sort of problem in her. I didn't work that very well, but I mean, there's something going on with her, and it's just manifesting itself in a bad sleeping pattern. Mm -hmm. But that is the end result of the problem. That is not the cause of the problem. And now, it's the one that affects you most because you feel it. But there's something driving her to that, and that's ultimately what's going to have to be figured out, and that could be five years and uh, $4 million down the road. Well, you know what the weird thing is, is that in any other time of the day... Any other circumstances, I mean, it's normal. She's, I wouldn't peg her as any multiple personality wedding bed, okay, anything weird. But as soon as my head hits the pillow, it's like, Rashad, I want to sleep on that side. Does she she take any medication? No, no. I mean, I I wouldn't guess that there'd be any need to. It's just that she won't sleep on the other side. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) All right, Rashad, but really, the whole mattress controversy is, is... is should be far down on your list. There's many other things to discuss. I suggest they have clinics now for sleep disorders. Uh-huh. I suggest she look into that, maybe at a local college or something like that, Drew. Mm, hospitals. Hospitals? I thought yeah. colleges put University. these tests on. Uh-huh. All right, Rashad. I don't know what the answer to that is, except for, um, you know, good luck and um, get yourself like a Kevlar comforter to sleep uh, draped over you. Sherry? Uh, Sheree. Sheree? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Okay. You know... Oh, by the way, I want to start being called Adam. I don't like this Adam crap anymore. I'm going to Adam, and I'm going to get pissed anytime anyone calls me Adam anymore. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Okay. I have been a lesbian for um, eight years. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Okay, no. I did not answer one of your questions. I didn't get any points. You... You mean you protested? No, I. Yeah, you forgot the fifty point, the fifty bonus point that you added to the male uh, heterosexual homosexual test. <laughs> have you ever shaved Adam's ass? No. Oh, have you ever gone down on another woman? Okay, that's worth fifty right there. You're right, Drew. Uh, let's just go over this very quickly. Okay. Uh, you never, you never chewed dip. You never had chewing tobacco. No. Nowhere in the last week. You've never quit your job to follow the LPGA tour? No. You're, Adam, you're not used to the whole lipstick lesbian thing. I find right? this hard to believe. What about the Sears Craftsman tool catalog? I Tell me you don't have one of those sitting around I don't somewhere. Have a hammer. Uh, all right, let's. Go. <laughs> Do you own a Sarah McLaughlin album? No. Engineer Mike wants to know. No. Uh, how about uh, the sandal category? No. Do you have sandals? No. All right. Um, I wear heels. What about flannel? You have some flannel shirts? I no. <sighs> For Christ's sake. Um, I wear dresses. Tough skin jeans? No. Razorback hairdo? No. Long hair. What about the wallet? You got a big anchor chain swinging no, on it? <sighs> Straight edge razors, black powder rifles, flooring tools. None of that in the house? None. What about working at a kennel? I know you work at a kennel. I don't work at a kennel either. You don't smoke cigars. No, nope, don't smoke at all. I'm going to go right o- over the uh, rebuild the transmission part. What about bowling? Surely you have I've hobbies. I've never been bowling. You never fired a gun? I don't believe in guns. What about the bench press question? I, nope, that anyway. All right, well then what I'm going to do is I'm going to up the have you ever gone down another woman to 125 points. Okay. So <laughs> that's... <laughs> Your time is up. Which still qualifies you as okay. a card-carrying lesbian. All right, so you're one of those lipstick lesbians. Yes. All right. Well, you see, like we talked about when we've read the past test, the uh, hat and the, um, what was the other one, the gat and the soon-to-be bat test, that there's always, 
this one or two slides under. I'm slides surprised under. you didn't want to interview Sherry some more. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at you. Well, I looked like a fool. Here I am. I'm with my with my data collectors out there working overtime, mm. coming up the hundreds of man hours into this thing, and she doesn't have one question on it. I'm again. Why don't you ask foolish. her how she would organize the test? Well, she's a lick a, a, a lipstick. <laughs> She's a lipstick lesbian. She's a lipstick lesbian. She 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 dresses right, right. like Sybil Shepherd and you know runs with that crowd. There's no stereotypical lipstick lesbian stuff. Maybe that I'm aware Maybe of. All right. Well, if we have any. All right. Are we, are we getting her back? All right. Uh, Ch- Cherry. Uh huh. What would you? What would be on your list? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that I would classify anything as a list. Because, I mean, I don't think that you can judge someone. All right. All right, Miss Politically Correct. But if you had to make a list, what would it be? I Come on. I make a list because I've met different people of all walks. Nah. Yeah. All right. And when you get the Academy Award, you send an American Indian up there to get it for you. For Christ's sake. People calling in a weird late-night sex show, and they can't even come up with a lesbian list. She, she, she refutes my list, yet cannot add one thing to it. I find that uh, a little bit suspicious, Drew, and I'm not just being uh, defensive. Lee. Yes. You're on Loveline. Hi. Um, I wanted to speak to the doctor about my husband. Uh, we're currently right now separated, hmm. but um, uh, he was very much into uh, drugs, and I'm a straight person, and that was the beginning of it. But uh, our sex life started to change dramatically. He became an over-the-road truck driver, and he come home. Over the road? Yeah. What does that mean? I guess you drive on the road. Driving from state to state. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mike, the engineer, nodding like a little dog in a back window because he's driving. <laughs> he dates a girl who hauls gravel for a living. Uh, She's dainty, though. Well, well, you know, I've been with this man for 10 years altogether before that, and I know what our sex life is. And then he started coming home, and uh, the sex was dramatically changing and uh different things and he wanted different things and um one day i had just so happened to stumble upon his collection of pornography mm-hmm. and uh through the course of the next three years of the marriage i was calculating approximately about seven thousand dollars a year he was spending on pornography no 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 wait a minute now well, i don't want to paint this pretty i'm not going to add any ugliness to it i'll tell you exactly how it is because it's really not just breaking my heart, but my spirit, because my mind doesn't understand it. The next set of magazines that I had found were Swinger magazines. And he, it, I don't know if they're every month or every other month, but he has every other month's issue for three years nonstop, and he swears that he's never been involved in them or anything, but um, I don't understand it, and I need to know where I can go. To try and get some help. Well, because I don't even know how to be with somebody else now. Well, first off, oh, okay, it, it is possible to be with other people. This guy completely craps out on you, right? But, so well, he, don't do that. This is the last person for me. Desperation stuff. Well, but let's try to salvage this for a second. He gave me this really large, large dildo that I wouldn't even sit on, and he wants me to screw him with it. Really? Yeah. Okay, so this guy, this guy's truck is going down the highway to hell, to quote a ACDC song. Uh-huh. And he, I mean, 
did something happen to this guy? And I know we always get back to that, but it seems like I, he's acting out on something that may have happened to him quite a long time ago. My true belief is just that he's so whacked up. You know, people want to make excuses and denounce drugs, but, you know, he's so much into pot and cocaine that... Right, all right, but Lee, Lee... He's a drug addict, maybe a sex addict, too. How can you say you can't picture yourself being with anyone else except for a porn-addicted, pot-addicted, cocaine-addicted truck driver? Please forgive me. I'm sorry I presented myself that way. I find it difficult now to be with someone else because I feel so degraded by him that... I, I don't feel worthy to be with somebody else or that there was something wrong with me sexually that I wouldn't be able to please another man. But no, this this is like this is like being in a, a relationship when you're being beaten. I mean, you, you, you keep going back and assuming it's your fault and getting more abuse and uh, feeling worse about yourself and assuming that nobody else will have you and going back for more abuse, and it's just ridiculous. You've got to break that cycle and get out of this. Lee, I mean, this guy snapped a twig. It's not your twig that snapped. It's his. You understand? Do you know anything about pornography or sex addiction or uh, hold on. inner groups? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I may have dabbled a little in it. I can tell you one thing. That $7,000 price tag that you estimated is a gross overestimation because, as I was saying last night, oh, these no, magazines say like twenty five ninety five on the top, like written into the print, but you always see a little sticker that says three ninety five on the back or on the inside. And my, I, I took all the magazines and took them to a lawyer, and he calculated it, and it was $7,000 per year over a three-year period. Wow. Well, talk about your pro bono. Well, be that as it may, I, you, need to, you need to get over this. Uh, I mean, you could go to an Al-Anon meeting or Co-Anon, something like that, or uh, I, I, CODA. This something. guy's a lost cause, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, this does not sound like a good situation at all. It's something you need to get out of, Lee, get, you rebuilding your self-esteem. Uh, I, yeah, I've been moving around and trying to hide and hide. Um, well, yeah, because he gets really dangerous. <laughs> what do you mean he gets dangerous? Well, he's all loaded and sexed up, and he stalks her. And I'm his wife, and you know, by church laws, you know, and I'm the one who's feeling guilty for leaving him. That right. is ridiculous. Right, Lee, we're almost out of time, but just let me say this: it's not your fault. This guy turned wacko. The only thing you did was screw up and marry him 10 years ago. You had no way of knowing. He's living out some kind of bizarre thing that was done to him quite possibly many years ago. Or, or just some feature of this addictive disease. He could be years away from coming to grips with this. You should leave him based on... Or he'd get on... a lot worse. I'm on a roll here. He could Drew. get a lot worse, though. Yeah, he could get worse. Although, I don't know what's worse than a, having her sit on a giant-sized dildo, but the... the no, thi- not me. He wants me to do it to him. All right, that's worse. There you go. You answered my question. He wants me to. All right, Lee, Lee, don't do it. Get out. Find somewhere. Get out. Forget about what the church says. Forget about what the, what, the, what the paperwork says. Forget about what the ring says. Cut it clean and get out. And we're getting out. Love line. Call 1-800-LOVE-191. Love line. We'll be right back! John Tesh, and you are listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. You certainly is, and I like John Tesh. He came in here, he was uh, a gentleman. Real gentleman, yeah. And he came in, had nothing to plug. I said to him, You want to talk about something? You want to talk about the ra- Oh, no, 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 no. I want to just take phone calls. Real nice guy. 1 800 L O V E 191, fax number 310. 
855-454-5455. And it's back to the phones. We goes. Scott. Hello. Hey. What's up, Adam? How are you, Scott? All right. Doc, how Scott. you doing? Good. What's up? Nothing. Hey, um, I, I kind of, uh, kind of got irresponsible on a, uh, on a, uh, well, let's just call it a long trip to, um, to the mountains and I, I contracted herpes. I thought you said you were going to screw, you screwed a raccoon. <laughs> well, uh, I guess, uh, the raccoon had herpes, but, um, <laughs> so I got this thing now and, uh, and it's kind of affecting, you know, like my psychological approach to mm -hmm. dating and everything. Well, I'll tell you the problem is that you're calling it herpes. Remember what we call it here on Loveline? What's that? Happies. 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 Who could worry about contracting happies? Right. We all long for that. Yeah, I haven't heard you discuss it much, but I bet you have a hundred times. Yep. And uh, and so I just kind of like in that that zone where now you know when I approach like girls to date, I have this thing like I feel like I'm hiding something. Right. You know. Well. And you, so I mean, is that uh, just the way it is? I mean, do I have any sort of health problems besides these things being a nuisance or what? No, they're for a male. As far as we can tell, they are just a nuisance. There's no increased risk of penile cancer or diseases of the genital tract. Uh, the real problem is that you can transmit it to other people, and you can transmit it even when you don't have an outbreak. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't like um, oh. hurt your your immune system over the long haul or anything. Not no, not that we can tell, not in any meaningful way anyway. What are his chances though of spreading it to someone when he's not having an outbreak? Pretty substantial. Oh. Jesus, that hurts. Yeah, you got to wear a condom all oh, the time. Oh, and you Christ and you really sake. have a liability too. Uh, if if you know that's what you have, a lot of people don't know they have it, and you evidently know it. You can well, and you have to pretty much tell somebody so they minute. know the risk they're well, taking. Hold on, hold on now. I, I I thought someone had to have an outbreak in order to spread the disease. If they have an outbreak, they're highly contagious. They will spread the disease. But yeah, I have a feeling like they're old because I kind of like to start to notice that my body kind of changes a little bit when I'm when I'm getting closer, maybe having an outbreak, and then I won't all the time. Right, They're, and they'll be less frequent as you get older. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. You, Is there a possibility that, I mean, I could go, like, for a tremendous amount of time if I take care of myself without, without them coming along? Sure, and there's medication. Though. There are three, at least three different antiviral drugs that are very good for this. Now, besides the psychological and physical detriments that I'm going to face, Wait, what else is, is, is there? Gonna, is it going to mess the woman up, like, in, in a more serious way? Well, that's the problem, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really the problem, is it with women... It can increase the risk of cervical cancer. It can create some problems during pregnancy. And there are some real health risks with women with pregnancy, but they can be easily managed and easily contained in such a way as uh, not to actually precipitate any health problems, but they're a hassle. All right, Drew, I don't want to be irresponsible here. But, but seriously now, if I'm looking down, Scott, yeah, are you in a place where you can look at your dork? <laughs> All right, go ahead. You're looking at it? Sure. Okay, you got your jeweler's eye in? There she oh, is. Okay, there it is. Now, no outbreak? No. No outbreak. It looks good. Yeah. Now, there's nothing on it. I mean, he's looking at it with a black light. He can't see a thing. What are the chances that he's going to spread it on to somebody who does not have the half? If he has unprotected sex? Yes. What do you think I'm talking Pretty about? The condom? It's hard to predict, but I, I, eventually he will. But why? There's nothing there. You're always shedding some virus. But just not, not a gazillion virus like you do when there's an outbreak. But can't you just dip? Is there some kind of dip or something? Could you rub it down? How about the miracle of talc? Sincerely, how, how prevalent is this in society? Oh, it's very common. Every time I say it, Adam accuses me of all kinds of things. Drew but, has it himself. But uh, <laughs> last time, last time uh, I, I threw out a number of 30%, one out of three in the room had it. Is that right? Really? Make if you remember that, when... who had it? <laughs> Wait, we don't want to say. Uh, well, it's not like it wasn't on the air. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> but, I mean, do you have a lot of experiences where, like, a person is, is they, they kind of can weigh on you mentally, you know, because you, sure. you know you got a little secret, you know what I mean? Sure. You're, you're going to have to learn how to deal with that in dating. And they really to... Worst part of it is, you gotta, you, like Adam said, you got to be responsible for your actions, you know? Yeah, that's right. And it's like, that's what I did, but now i got to pay for it for the rest of my life. Oh, I'd it, kill that raccoon. <laughs> it's very common. <laughs> hey, believe me, I tried. And everybody should be wearing condoms anyway. And you know, if you explain to whoever potential partner you oh. might have that the risk is reduced substantially if you wear a condom, right? Uh, you know, right? So, all right, Scott. We'll hope love conquers all. And, yes. Yeah. Well, it certainly motivates you to develop a, a real relationship before you hustle into anything physical. So I had sex with somebody who had the happies, and uh, she did. That's not, your great concern. She didn't. No, it isn't. She did not tell me uh, until afterward, but. I was wearing a condom, and it was uh, it was like five years ago. So, you want to check? No. Quick check. No. Come on, Drew. No. You're a doctor. It's your, it's your Hippocratic Oath forces you to check my genitalia at almost any time. Am I right? They really need to come out. You know, they, someone needs to come out with a little uh, booklet that said says, uh, so you've decided to date a guy who has herpes. And these, instead of going through this uncomfortable conversation, you can leave it on the coffee table, put it on the dash of the car. You know what I mean? Just... Put it up in the sun visor of the car. Just put it around. You know I mean? Subliminal. Subliminal. Yeah, right. Forget it. Yeah. Okay. But a woman can spread it to a guy even if she has no outbreak. Correct. And it's harder for women to tell when they're having an outbreak. It's just such a... I, don't, I, I, I can't get over it. Are you worried about something, Adam? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. not be worried, no, you know, be let me yeah. tell you who I'm worried there. about, Anne. I'm worried about the kids. Do you understand? Oh. Uh. Yeah. Worrying about me being able to have kids. No, I don't have the happies. Cupcake. Yes. Hi there. Hey. You know, you guys, I, I'm at work. Uh-huh. And I don't normally work this late, and I was just um, dialing through the radio uh-huh. the station, and I heard you talking, and so I just stopped, and you have been cracking me up. Ah. You are so funny. I am just really enjoying your show. Thank so you, Cupcake. I just to tell you that you are hilarious. Cupcake. Yes. You want to see my Twinkie? <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that before. It's got that. It's got the same cream filling, just as sweet. Where, where, Lower where, calorie. Where I hear. are you working? What are you doing? I work for a law firm for Corpio Corey. And you're just working late at night, or? Yes, we're in trial, so yeah. I work late. Oh, that's trial. gotta suck. <laughs> and what are you doing? Are you doing the grunt work, or are you doing the the fun stuff? Well, I do kind of fun stuff. I'm a legal secretary, so I do typing and getting documents together and help them prepare for trial. This isn't a bad gig, by the way, this legal secretary, is it? Oh, no, I enjoy it. I've been doing it for 12 years. Wow. What's the pay? What's it would say like a starting pay on a legal secretary? Mm, starting probably 32. Not bad, but yeah. it's just a couple years of college, isn't it? I mean, don't you specialize in it? Well, I didn't have any college when I started. Wow. Look at so that. I'm in college now. There. Yeah. Ah, oh, Cupcake, you're making something of your life. <laughs> your name has not held you back. I don't know. That's not your real name, though, really? Yes, it is. My mother craved cupcakes when she was pregnant with me. Yeah, my mom liked pickles. She didn't call me dill. <laughs> she called me dill weed. Listen, yeah, but cupcake's something you name a pony. <laughs> What's your nickname, uh, Kate or Lisa? My nickname is Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys are really funny. Where are you guys? We're in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Where are you? Well, that explains it. I'm... Where are you, Cupcake? I'm in San Diego. Ah. Yeah. They have, uh, they have law firms there? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> That's all we have in California. Now, what's the case, Cupcake? Is it a big murder trial? 
No. No, nothing good? No. Nothing no. Nothing the likes of the, like Menendez or Snoop Doggy no, Dog no. or something like that? <laughs> Just some stupid, like, uh, legal corporate BS that's yes. boring everyone to tears? Yes, something's very boring. Uh, I, by the way, am looking to be a expert witness. <laughs> I, 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 do, I do expert witness. Do you? Yeah, yeah. What do you get? Like I did, three... I, in fact, I have, somebody sent me down to San Diego to do some expert witnessing work. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. What, how much do you get an hour for that? Oh, um, it varies. Whatever your normal legal fee is, whatever your normal yeah, Drew. Fee. Well, Drew, what were you pull? What'd you pull down for that? It depends if you're if you're just doing that uh, position. Come to tell us the price. I think you can get up. To, no, how much I, did honestly, you get? It was long. Oh, time ago. don't give me that I think, crap. I think it was like three hundred dollars an hour. Three hundred like an yeah, hour. It was amazing. Yeah. I would I would give a guy a blowjob when I was done with the advice for three hundred an hour. Cupcake, any anything ever come up involving some sort of pornography dispute or something? Uh, some some case involving napping or perhaps uh, doing laundry and putzing around in the bathrobe for too long? Is there anything like that I could get down and help you out with? Unfortunately, no. Oh. <laughs> you are really good. You should be a comedian. Uh. <laughs> you are really good. Well, you know, my medical practice keeps me busy during the day. I wish don't, I had. Don't not confuse us. I wish I had time to get out and uh, wow, wow, the kids. All right, Cupcake. Well, I'm going to this. Are you on every night? Yeah. What are we on? Sunday through Thursday. Well, I am going to be a regular. God bless you, Cupcake. <laughs> All right, you guys. Bye-bye. Enjoy the rest of your show. Take Bye. care. And we'll be back. Loveline will be right back! Phone numbers for Loveline, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191, 1-800-568-3191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Crowley, he's Dr. Drew, and yes, feel free to compliment the show every once in a while. <laughs> we're we're so amazed when someone, when someone gives us a compliment. They usually have no time for me and my shenanigans or tomfoolery. Yeah, you should be a comedian. <laughs> you should be a legal secretary. Vanessa. Hi. Um, this question is for Adam and Dr. Drew anyway, but, um, <laughs> for you both, but I have been seeing this girl, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not in love with her or anything. I was kind of curious. Mm-hmm. And I never really looked at women in a sexual way, but when I'm with her, I really, really enjoy it. I don't think women have ever looked at me in a sexual way, but go ahead. <laughs> well, anyway. Now, did you take the lat test, Vanessa? The what? Oh, is that the thing you ran that other girl through? Lesbian aptitude test. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Don't don't ask me a bunch of those, those All right. questions. You didn't take the test. No, I didn't take mm. that test. We'll have to do it in like the 11 o'clock hour tomorrow night or something for those who missed the vote. I think you need to have a, a lipstick lap test. Oh. I think you need a modified but lap. But that, that's the same as the heterosexual female test. But no. I already heard that list and, and none of those apply to me. Mike. Hold on. Engineer Mike's giving me that stupid... Crap-eating grin with the no head I'm shake. You, we got one of the most important questions. On on which one? On the lat. Yes. How much incense do they own? Nah. Incense. Incense is a lesbian. All right. Thing too. That's why you're the engineer, and I'm the should-be comedian host. So, so Vanessa, I don't get what's going on. You're okay, you're seeing a girl. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm wondering. I, I'm teetering. I am. Really Wait a minute. Really She's a lesbian. Yes, she is. You, well, hang on. Uh, you, hang on. You guys are sexually active together. Uh, yeah. And what is the 
question. What are you teetering over? I was wondering if I'm gay. Well, you are in a gay relationship. Yeah. Now, I guess the question is, are you going to commit to a gay lifestyle is what you're saying. You're commit and women by the way can go back and forth much more readily than males. They certainly for some can. Reason. Well it's just getting a penis in your butt is much more of a commitment physically and emotionally. All right, it's hard all right. to move around with yeah, a guy behind right. there. And the fact is, you know, anyone who's coming to grips with the the fact of homosexuality usually wants to deny it. They don't want to be homosexual. You don't want to be that. Well it's just that I never looked at women like like like, hey, you know, look at that woman. I never looked at them like that before. All right, but you do now. Well, I so got, you're saying together, at least I got you're... together with her originally at the suggestion of a friend because he said, you know, you've explored every sexual gamut except for being with a woman. So, yeah, and, and, and I like it and all, and I think about her and stuff, but I just, I, I like men too. That's what I, I, I like this friend, by the way. I like this uh, sex broker. Where they can pull you aside and have a little consultation. Let's see what you've done in the last uh, well, lifetime here. He's a little perverted like that. If you're talking about the the guy that that, that first um, suggested it to me. And, and certainly you do sound very suggestible. I mean, somebody uh, says, you know, go jump through that hoop, and you're already through. Oh uh, well, I had been thinking about you it. You sound kind of like... confused to me, but in any event, uh, I, you know, if you're not committed one way or another, don't be. Uh, Could her you. eyes just be lesbian? Could her eyes? No, she, she, the 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 should be a comedian is is referring to you. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'm not. I don't get it. <laughs> well, okay, well, I know. Right. I just don't. I mean, I I oh, don't okay. look at other women like that and everything. And, okay. but okay. How can we help listen. you? How can we help Vanessa? Listen, we're not priests here, Vanessa. What? First off, we don't give a rat's hiney if you're lesbian or not. But so I let's get that straight right off the no, top. I don't think that, but I'm just trying to tell you how where I'm coming from. Look, I'll tell you where you're coming from. You're coming from Lesbo land. <laughs> how can I can we, see it clearly. How can we help? What do you want us to do? I I just want to know. I just want to, if you guys have any suggestions on what I could do to, like, try to determine what you know that term the hell you are. it is I am. Or <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I have the term for this. What? You are what you eat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, five years of therapy and she might figure out what's going on. I mean, sexual ambivalence is not a particularly healthy sign. No, sometimes I get home, I can't decide whether to masturbate or not. All right. <laughs> I'm punchy tonight, man. Five, go on. Five, yeah, okay. I'm sure you've had, it, had enough of me, haven't you? Juliana? Yes. What can I do for you? Um, I have a question for you, Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. Um, when I was younger, I experimented with nitrous oxide every right. so often. Mm -hmm. And one in particular time, I went into a tent, zipped it closed, and inhaled an extra large nitrous-filled balloon. Uh-huh. And I lost partial consciousness. Right. Could this have caused any type of permanent brain damage? And I... Nah. No, I really don't think so. I, the, the kinds of problems I worry about from nitrous are... Thanks for the answer, though, Adam. I appreciate you. Well, have you, have you but, been put under at the dentist? Exactly. There you that, go. That, that the concerns I have yeah. with nitrous are that, A, you've got your teenage or young adult peers administering anesthesia to you in a somebody's bedroom or, or, a, you know, or, a, or a rave scene. Oh, who better than well, your friends? And, I was and, under the impression that, um, say, for example, at the dentist, that wasn't... That was clean, whereas opposed to the stuff that you get out on the streets or whatever at a concert or something. That yes, they'll clean. cut the nitrous with a fart, I hear, just to sort of stretch it out a little bit. Thanks I, a lot, I'm not Adam. aware of anything like that, Ileana, but that, that nitrous by itself can cause rhythm disturbances of the heart that can be potentially life-threatening. 
that you could, as you know, become unconscious and fall to the floor and bust your head open or break your face. People don't factor um, the whack your head on the coffee table right, theorem right, too, too right. well into a lot of this stuff. You pass out on your feet, you could kill yourself That's just whacking your head correct. on the curb. That's correct. But I, and you take anesthesia, you know, in somebody's easy chair, and you can not wake up from that. Uh, you know, personally, I'll have an anesthesiologist or somebody trained in anesthesia administering the anesthetic so for me. You, you would like a guy with a sharp instrument and a drill in his hand before or, you or get put a, you under. Or a laryngoscope if I need to have uh, some easy access does to that, my... Does, my that, does that go up your laringa? <laughs> Where's the laringa go? Stop breathing. They can put oh, a tube okay. in your lungs and make you breathe. Oh, I see. And the other two things that concern me is, and I've seen both of these uh, side effects, one is... Uh, you know, people are using a lot of this over a long period of time. They can get psychotic. They'll have they'll sort of go crazy, and it's it's a relatively long-lived uh, psychotic syndrome. Or they can develop a neuropathy where they sort of lose feeling and motor function, sort of ascending up from the feet up to your neck, where you ultimately stop breathing. And both pretty serious potential side effects. But if you made That's it with excessive use, well, it's yeah. Eliana, how many times have you done it? Oh, like four or five. I'm just paranoid don't about don't it. worry about it. All right. Okay. And you did it out of one of those big punching bag balloons? Oh, yeah, exactly. They had one of those cartridges that they sell. I mean, punching bags, hope, balloon. Yeah. They, ha they have those balloons that they sell at the five and dime. Yeah, they go, dong, 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 dong. They're, they're about a little bigger how, than a basketball. How, how, do they, how do they go? Dong, 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 dong. <laughs> hey, this is radio, Drew. What am I supposed to do? Mime the freaking sound effect? Lord knows Mike over there is not doing his job. Thanks a lot. I think you're going to answer myself. All right. Thanks. But I just found out about a week ago that people get that by going to motor parts, motor accessory parts. I don't know that. I think they get the ether from the quick start No, no, no. When they say, you know, nitrous, you know, nitrous-fueled funny cars and stuff, you can get nitrous at the, at the you know, the Napa supply place. You mean the commercials where the guy goes, Big Daddy Don Garland, Shirley Cha-Cha Madani, the Chi-Town Hustler, TV Tommy Idol, some go, some blow! That one? That'd be it. But they fill the balloons up there, and the guys, I think there needs to be some containment And this weekend, the English leather girls will be there in the infield, along with the band Quarter Flash. I miss those commercials. What happened to them? I don't know. I, I, apparently, they're, they're doing a whole new approach to drag racing commercials. But I, the greatest is when they put the nitrous on the ground. The guy goes, take nitrous, drop it on the ground, put a match on it, virtually nothing. But put it inside a 5,000-horsepower Mopar Hemi head engine. Liquid dynamite! Oh, you almost had it there, my... Uh... Okay. I'm going to contact guy from the mic. Could you knock it off? What at the auto parts store? You might nitro. They can, they'll fill the balloons there. I mean, they, and the government doesn't control that at all. Oh, it's the same nitrous that they use yes. to pump into your intake manifold yes. to give your car that uh, extra, you yes, know, 50 horsepower. Right. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you, they're selling drugs everywhere, but the drugstore. You don't like me holding a pen, do you? No. <laughs> Because you're you're like a gay majorette over there flipping the pen around. It's a total distraction to me. Now where was I? Heather. Yeah. You're on Loveline. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I have this friend who I don't know if she's bisexual or not, but she has a boyfriend. Mm. And one day we were we were drinking a little bit, and we were we were just um, acting all crazy and everything, mm -hmm. and. She tried to make a pass at me, and she's like... What did she do exactly? She was like, um, will you make out with me and everything? And mm -hmm. I was just mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. And she's like, just kiss me, kiss me. I'm like, no, no. But I was really drunk, so I didn't know what I was doing. 
And I find out the next day, like, she has bite marks on her neck from me. Hmm. And I don't know if, like, if it really was me. So if she's saying it's me, but it's not, I don't know. And Do you remember the evening? Yeah. Okay, then it's not you, is it? I don't, I don't, no, I think it is, because I remember biting her. Then it is you. If you have bite marks and you bit her, it is you. I bit her. All right, okay. You know, let me tell you something really strange happened once. Once I went number two before I went to bed, Mm -hmm. and then I had this dream that I took a crap the night before, and then I got up the next morning, and I went to the bathroom, and there was a big dookie in the toilet, and, but I didn't know if it was for me, so... I took like a sample off and took it to a lab, and then I realized no one else lived in my apartment but me, and it had to be me unless someone broke in and took the dookie. You know what I'm saying, Heather? Yeah. Okay. And one night we were playing Ouija board in her room, and I think she was moving it because she's like, kiss Liz, she put, she like put into it, and we're like, and she's like, I want to, but Liz won't do it. Liz won't do it. And then my, and then they started making out. Heather, who's they? Liz and... My and the yeah, bite marks. We don't know who Liz is, by the way. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Heather, just, I, I would kind of, it, it sounds like a very treacherous situation for you. A lot of, a lot of boundary issues. You know, everybody's kind of overstepping boundaries and you're kind of uncomfortable and you're not able to assert yourself the way you should. Mm-hmm. And you're getting involved in things that uh, really don't sound like they're particularly interesting to you, are they? Um, no. Okay. I. And so, and, she's like, I and, love and you. In fact, one of the real, the more common things that is happening today is that young people are getting sort of, I don't really want to say abuse because that's not really the right word, but they're being affected by their peers in ways that are inappropriate. Okay. And uh, because a young person has been uh, 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 assaulted some way by an adult, then themselves loses their ability to perceive appropriate boundaries and will kind of come on to you in ways that are inappropriate. And if you're in a vulnerable place, you'll be a victim of that, and you too will have problems with boundaries as a result and become very, very confused. So I would suggest you kind of stay back and don't, you know, stay away from this situation. Let's not forget the monkey factor, Drew. I'm ready. Some people, especially adolescents, I'm, I'm are, down. they're just like monkeys. I'm buckling in for I mean, this. You, you take a furry throw pillow and throw it in a monkey cage, a monkey's going to hump it. Mm-hmm. So certain people that... The monkey factor. Th- yes, they have the monkey trait. So let's not... <laughs> Throw out the monkey factor. Hello. 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 Mic on? Yeah, okay. On <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, Drew? Mm. We're winding down here. Why don't you do what uh, you do worse with that address? The address, Loveline, P.O. Box 4345, Hollywood, California, 90078. And Adam, your song's playing. Email luv191 on aol.com. Mm. <laughs> Drew and I just screwing around a little bit here. Uh, later on in the week, we have the lovely group Cracker coming in, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. The lovely group? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just being friendly. Everything's lovely at the end of the show. It's lovely it? because I'm 10 minutes from going home. 
Actually, I'm two minutes from going home. I want to thank uh, the lovely Lisa for doing a wonderful job on the phones. The lovely Sherry for doing a fantabulous job on the phone. The lovely Ann for doing an incredible job producing the show. The lovely One Nut Wonder Mike for doing an amazing job engineering the show. The he's not lovely. Even, he's not even One Nut, though, Adam. i got to correct you. He is No Nut Wonder. Is No Nut? He's di- he's no dis- usable nut. He's disconnected nuts. from his nuts. Yeah. yeah, you might as well have a couple of marbles in there. I'd like to thank the lovely Dr. Drew for uh, weaving his magic spell over all of us, as he usually does. I would like to thank the lovely Adam Kroll for doing an adequate job, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night. If you are still listening, you may feel the urge to touch yourself. So that's it, man. You have been listening to Love Line. The opinions expressed on Love Line by Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, or anyone are not necessarily ours. Be happy, be happy, 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 happy. happy. Love Line's producer is Ann Wilkins. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.